Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are back on the Monday night. You know what's so fitting is the fact that literally this past Saturday, and I can't believe I completely forgot about it. Like, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot a little bit where I completely forgot it was Batman Day. And I did not mention it at all in the last episode, and I am very, very sorry for that. That's right, September 19th was Batman Day. It is the day that we celebrate the one and the only, the Cape Crusader himself, the Dark Knight, the Vengeful One, Batman himself. And goddamn, I really wish I mentioned something about it last episode, but... You know, with everything and all the news and all the announcements that was going on, it just didn't really take that chance. So, real quick, I just want to point out, I am really happy, grateful, thankful that Batman has been a part of my life literally since fucking childhood. Batman the Animated Series that has shaped my way and my love for comic books as it is. And I really hope Batman has done the same for you. And if it hasn't, well... You know, you know the old saying, better late than never. That's why I am excited and I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing Matt Reeves' version of The Batman coming out next October. What, when, when was it again? October 1st? 4th? 5th? Ah, it doesn't matter. It's next October. Oh man, it can't come fast enough. But... For this particular episode, it's not going to be about Batman. It's going to be about WandaVision. We got WandaVision talk and, of course, a little something-something for Miss Marvel since she has now acquired directors. And, of course, for WandaVision, I've seen the trailer and I might have a new theory that apparently I'm kind of mad at myself again for not thinking about this sooner. So... We'll talk about that in due detail. All that plus our super villain quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get our shout outs out of the way, shall we? And holy shit, do we have a couple of shout outs. Last night, the Emmys has occurred. So for the first, congratulations to Zendaya, our MCU's MJ. Zendaya winning her Emmy for being the lead or, I'm sorry, let me get this right before I get ridiculed. She became the youngest actress to win an Emmy for an outstanding lead performance from the hit show known as Euphoria. It is on HBO right now, and apparently it is a show about high school students that navigate love, sex, drugs, identity, drama, and all that other good shit that real people go through nowadays, if you truly think about it. So congratulations to her. Apparently she plays a character named Rue. R-U-E. I, I think some people pronounce it Rui. But I'm going to call her Rue for right now. You know, R-U-E, Rue. And this character suffers from ADHD, bipolar, anxiety, depression. And she basically tries to deal with her trauma within her own psyche. 
So I know a bunch of you may have heard about the show. I certainly haven't. It's been around since June of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. But with this winning an Emmy, it already had like around six or seven nominations at the Emmys. And this one takes the cake. So if it's a good show, then I'm always looking for something new. It's definitely something to be considered. And of course, congratulations to Julia Garner, the woman that plays Ruth Langmore from The Greatest Show, one of the best shows that I've ever seen by far, Ozark, directed and starring Jason Bateman. Holy shit, do I not recommend this show enough. It is about a family that has to launder money and try to survive from a Mexican drug cartel. And the show already has three seasons. Season four will be coming out very, very soon. As I just said, it is one of the best shows I have ever fucking seen. Congratulations to Julia Garner. This is her second consecutive Emmy win for playing this character. The character Ruth for Outstanding Supporting Actress. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to Jason Bateman. Congratulations to anyone that has been a part of that show, that is a part of that show. I cannot recommend it enough. So shout out to everyone that has won an award for the Emmys. But of course, those two are the main two to give the shout outs to. I know I said two a few times. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but that's all we have for the shout outs. Let's dive into some WandaVision talk from the trailer that just occurred. And that comes up right in a bit. So we finally get a trailer for the upcoming show that will be debuting sometime late November, early December, known as WandaVision. Now, before I continue on with this, I just want to point out that even though Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Black Widow and so far those were the only three of the MCU shows and movie that was supposed to be coming out this year. Obviously, everything got pushed back because, you know, COVID and all that bullshit that went on with it. And they actually made it a point to ensure that Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be debuting sometime in 2021. And it did not really occur to me for this particularly, but... I think they're going to wait until Black Widow comes out in theaters first and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier will follow suit right after. For the simple reason that there could be something within the show that could possibly spoil Black Widow in some way or some capacity if it's, you know, debuting on Disney Plus first before the movie even begins. Now, that's just a, a thought, that's just a guess, but aside from, you know, not going on Disney Plus and paying and ensure they're going to lose a lot of money if it's not in theaters, that was just a quick guess. But, whatever the case, that's just something to keep in mind for right now. WandaVision, we've seen the trailer. It's a weird trailer, it really is, because 
in some capacity, you really don't know what's going on. And then I watched it over and over again. And I'm like, huh, I think I understand what we're trying to do here. I think so. Because let's look at the facts here. Vision died from Avengers Infinity War. We know this already. And he did not get brought back in Avengers Endgame. Yet somehow he's in this trailer. And yet for some odd reason, he goes to a character in her car. And she asked, you know, um, am I dead? And I'm paraphrasing here from memory. She asked, am I dead? He goes, no, why would you say that? Why would you think that? And she goes, because you're dead too. So immediately I thought to myself, oh, this must be, you know, what hell is like, or this must be limbo or purgatory or whatever fancy word you want to use that's between, you know, heaven and hell and whatever the case may be, even though I'm sure they would not use those terms in the Marvel movies or, you know, for Marvel comics, but that's just my thought right there. And then somehow every life that you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision is now portraying as whether they're in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s sitcoms where their lives are transformed and they're living, you know, uh, comedic sketches and, and comedic sitcoms. And all of a sudden it's weird. It's like, huh, what's going on here? And then, of course, I thought about it again. And it's like, okay, the show is called WandaVision. WandaVision. Now, obviously, it's about these two characters. I get that. But remember, the Marvel Studios logo showed up in the uh, 1940s or 1950s television set where it had the, uh, the, um, the font where it was behind the screen and it was showing like it would be on a regular television set starting the show. And it got me to wonder, be like, there's something deeper here. There's, there's something a little bit deeper in the name WandaVision. It's like watching television. Or it's like watching a show. And maybe that's exactly what this is about. It could be that Wanda's powers have gotten so out of control that... Because you remember, if you remember from Captain America's Civil War, she had this tendency of fucking up the Avengers mindset by installing illusions or reality-based dreams within their minds. So is it possible, is it possible that somehow she was able to do that for herself or to herself where her powers got so out of control that she is now within her own mindset and the mindset is now layer on top of layer in these sitcom commercials? And of course, Vision is someone that she truly cares about. She loves him, obviously. So is it possible that this is all her doing and she has no idea how, how to control her blatant abilities yet? You know, I mean, she can control her abilities, but have they gotten so powerful, so out of control that this is the result of it? That she's, leave, that she's living these lives with her and Vision one after another in these sitcom-based type shows? Or... Is there someone else that's pulling the strings? Is there an antagonist or is there a villain? Is there someone that is possibly has some kind of grudge against Scarlet Witch that, you know, this person is probably tormenting Wanda, 
tormenting her in living the best life that she could be with vision and it's because of that the 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 result of this punishment is her living these lives that are unrealistic that are not real that are basically what if type scenarios and this person is watching them like a television sitcom it is highly possible that could be the case like i i may have just cracked the code I may have just cracked the code, so it's either one of two things, and I and I guarantee it has to be one of two things. It's either Wanda's powers have gotten so out of control that she's doing this to herself, or someone else is pulling the strings, some kind of person that has a strong vendetta against Scarlet Witch, where they are now tormenting her and her love with Vision, that she is now trapped in these sitcom-type shows, that it's going to be all trippy and weird. Holy shit, I think I did it. I think I cracked the code for this entire show. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure a few people that are listening to this are like, okay, you're probably thinking way off the rails because there is no way in hell that any of that would happen. And you never know. You never know. That could be the case. So from the entire trailer, I thought to myself, okay, this is going to be weird, this is going to be trippy, and yet I'm more intrigued. I'm more intrigued than ever. You know, I, first of all, I love Wanda Maximoff, I love Scarlet Witch, I, I love Elizabeth Olsen, just period. I love her as an actress, and she does a phenomenal job with her roles. It's going to be very interesting to see a lot of the, uh, the references from the 50s all the way to the 90s, possibly early 2000s. You know, I'm sure you can have references to... I'd say off the top of my head, the Honey Boomers. You remember that show? Maybe you can have references to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, because that was a hit show in the 90s. Maybe Friends or Seinfeld. Um, you know, you got tons of shows from the 60s and 70s and 80s and, and anything else. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head. It was in black and white. I'm trying to remember if it was... Uh, it's it's gonna it's probably gonna come to my mind later on, but there's gonna be numerous references, and I remembered there was a spot in the trailer where you know Wanda and Vision are both holding their children, and they're both holding their children, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, considering that this is not real, this must be extremely painful for for her because a Vision is dead, as far as we know. Vision is dead. And she has the children that are pretty much non-existent. So, if she's living her best time in her mind, or in this alternate reality, or whatever the hell it is, this simulation, this illusion, this, this scene, this epic scene, where she's living her best life, and it's all of a sudden taken away from her, I don't know, I feel like that's a very fucked up thing to do to someone. You know, and as I said earlier, I probably cracked the code. Maybe this is exactly what this show is about. You know, now I'm more intrigued to see it. When is it coming by? Uh, Late November, early December. I mean, I think there were some talks on the show coming around Thanksgiving, which I'm not mad at. You know, the sooner we see it, the better. We need our MCU to come back. And I understand some other people are like, you know... Oh, this is not really the only MCU. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been on for a while. And, you know, you got these other shows. And I'm thinking to myself, eh, 
I don't know. I, I've never... Me being a huge comic book guy, I've never really gotten into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for some odd reason. I, I just haven't. You know, with all the seasons and there's just so much content and there's just so much shit that's going on in that show, it's going to be hard for me to get into, get into it now. But, you know, maybe. Maybe early next year I'll get into it. I'll probably do a review on it. Probably not. But, you know, I'll try to catch up and see what I can do. But for right now, WandaVision, I am more intrigued than ever. I feel like it's going to be a very interesting show. And I'm wondering who that woman is in the car that was speaking to Vision saying, Oh no, you're dead. Because she's very self-aware over everything that's going on. I wonder if she's a magician herself. Maybe a witch. Maybe a uh, sorcerer. Maybe she's pulling the strings. I forgot the actress's name. Maybe she's pulling the strings. It's highly possible. It is highly possible. Before I move on, I just want to give a quick mention to the uh, retro look that Vision actually looks like. Both Vision and Wanda actually look like their comic book counterparts. And I know that a lot of fans in the early times from, you know, uh, either Civil War or, you know, when Vision came out in Age of Ultron, that they look nothing like their comic book counterparts. So the fact that they did that for this show... Like that wasn't very that was a very good Easter egg. I, I I liked that. I really did. Even though the costume he had on looked so fake, it looked like duck show oh my guy. It looked like shit. <laughs> oh man, it looked like shit. But hey, you know what? If if the diehard comic book fans really want something that portrays their pretentious characters from you know, basically, if they want their characters to look like the ones from the comic books, there you go. There you go. You got what you wanted. You got what you asked for. Can't wait for WandaVision to come out. It is going to be very interesting. If there are any more trailers, you know me. I will not be watching them because I do not want to spoil myself that much more. Can't come fast enough. Okay, so... In our second piece of news, Miss Marvel, and we're not going to touch a lot about this, but Miss Marvel has acquired four directors, four directors for her series coming out very, very soon on Disney Plus. And I want to take a moment to actually give a shout out to who exactly these directors are. And I'm going to be mispronouncing a lot of names, but please bear with me here. So here's a few of them. Adil Ed Arbi, Bela Fala. These are directors for Bad Boys for Life. So there's a little Easter egg right there. Charmine Obeid Chinoy. Chinoy. Charmine Obeid Chinoy, a two-time Oscar winner in the documentary short category. And Mira Manon whose credits include episodes of The Walking Dead, The Punisher, Titans, Dirty John, and Outlander. Now, I remembered a few episodes ago where I did say that there were rumors that the directors from Captain Marvel would be the directors for Miss Marvel. And since it is a series-type show, a lot of shows always has multiple directors for each episode, so... You know, with this one having multiple directors, it's not really that big of a deal. But I did say that I did not like the fact that 
the directors from Miss Marvel, the ones that have no idea what the fuck they were doing and has no credibility in my eyes whatsoever, should not be going after a fan favorite like Miss Marvel. Now, this is completely different. Now we're actually confirmed that these directors, and judging by their names, and you can tell right away, they're all, you know, in some correlation and some connection to Pakistan. They're Pakistanian directors, they're Pakistanian filmmakers, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, because Miss Marvel is a Pakistani-American Muslim hero. So, I understand what Marvel is going with here. I understand the diversity thing, which of course they keep shoving down our throats time and time again, but in this one, I don't mind at all, because if you have... Pakistanian directors and filmmakers that can actually lead a show in terms of focusing on a main character, a huge fan favorite, a person that idolizes the Avengers, a person that wants to become a true hero, a badass hero like Miss Marvel, you're going to have to have directors that can know in a way, well, I wouldn't say not only just know her heritage and know her origin, but to also represent it in a good way for the audience to see, especially when it comes to a show like this. I mean, granted, and I'm going to use, I shouldn't even use this for example, but I will in a particular way. Game of Thrones, even though the last season was terrible and I get the downsides, blah, 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 but from season one to five, half of six, from those seasons, it was displayed very well in terms of world building. It represented a world that was very unique and it was awe-inspiring to the audience as a whole. With all of the settings and the time setting that it took place and the castles and the, you know, the fact that it represents Scotland and parts of London and uh, a little bit, I don't know if uh, maybe not London, but, you know, parts of England and Europe, you know, medieval Western Europe. All of that world building was definitely inspiring for us to actually watch and observe. And I feel like the film directors that took credit in a particular way, copying from George R.R. R. Martin, they were able to show the world building in and of itself. And they did a good job for that. Again, from seasons one to like half of six. So in order for Miss Marvel to truly have a strong connection in also being a person of color, but to also be someone that can truly have a representation of her own background, it should be directed by someone that knows the culture and knows the race and knows the history of Pakistanian either very well or has done enough credible work to show that to the audience. Does that make sense? Like, again, I'm not mad at this. And I also feel like they are in a position where they're going to know what they're doing. They are going to do Miss Marvel justice because I'm pretty sure this is a passion project. This is a project that should not disappoint. At least, fingers crossed, I hope not. And it is going to have... In my opinion, it's going to have tons of great reviews. And because of this, I'm intrigued to see it more. I really am. I feel like Miss Marvel is going to be a very different show. 
a very unique show, something that we have not seen in a while. You know, from all of the shows and movies that we've watched that are superhero related, mostly all of them, or a good majority of them, have the same origin where, you know, parents are, you know, either the parents died and it sparked, you know, venge. I'm talking about Batman real quick. But, you know, parents died and inspired someone to, like, take vengeful vengeance upon them. Or, you know, you got Superman or you got Spider-Man. You know, his Uncle Ben died. Or you got the Flash where his mom died. You know, uh, Superman, his whole planet died. You know, you got all of these heroes where someone's death in some way impacted them to be who they were meant to be. You know, and other heroes are not like that. There are some there are some heroes that, you know, were inspired by other things. And Miss Marvel, I don't really know the full origin of her story, but Miss Marvel, I can pretty sure will be a very interesting take. Also, and let me point out as well, this is also in tied relations to the Young Avengers, because I'm pretty sure Captain Marvel most likely will be the main teacher or the main inspiration for Miss Marvel and other young Avengers to actually get ready for the next big threat that will be coming in probably around Marvel Phase 5 or 6. So there's always that thought to keep in mind. I wonder what villain or side characters Miss Marvel is going to have with her own show. Hmm. That's always something to think about. Because we know Kang the Conqueror is coming in Ant-Man 3. And we know that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to have Zemo to be brought back. So, who can potentially be within Miss Marvel? Hmm. That's something to keep in mind. That is something to keep in mind. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to me speak, and sharing and supporting and everything that you do to keep this podcast going. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can hit me up on Mike Garcia VO. That is the best way to contact me directly. Or the podcast Twitter or Instagram, OTC Volume 2, Volume Completely Spelled with the Number 2, but you already know that. And before we end this night off, let's go to our super villain quote of the day since it is episode 64. Fucking hell, 64, Jesus Christ. It wasn't that long ago that I feel like we were just on episode 50 or whichever. But, you know, again, I digress. <laughs> I digress. This simple quote is from Thanos himself, and you know it from Infinity War. The strongest choices require the strongest wills. And my reaction to that is this. Throughout the past few weeks, I have been determined, whichever the case, however it will be, to succeed and train And become disciplined as much as I can in the world of voiceover. And if my will is as strong as it is, I will get this done. And I will hopefully, maybe not tuning my own horn, but in a few years time, maybe a bit less, maybe, that I can actually call a success 
to the career of voiceover. It's going to take a lot of grinding. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of money because a lot of investment comes into it. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. But hey, my will is strong in my passion. My will is strong in my passion. And this is the choices that I'm making. Do I have a backup plan? Probably not. But I will say this. If I succeed or if I fail, it'll be by my doing. Nobody else. No one else. My successes or my failures will be from me. That's all I got to say about that. Tune in Thursday night where we will talk more comic book news related stuff. Whether it's television shows, movies, games, or whichever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.